You're listening to a presentation of The Rising. We're always encouraged to know God is changing lives through this ministry. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know and send an email to stories at wearetherising.com. Now, prepare your heart and mind to hear a word from God. So here we are, 2019. We are on the edge of a brand new year. Coming up in just just a couple days, we're going to get to celebrate it. And uh, this is a time of year where we should all over the place. I mean, it's true. We do, right? I mean, we, we come up with all these resolutions of things that we should do. I mean, brand new year, new year, new you. I should start eating healthy. I should go to the gym. I should pay off some debt like what I bought for Christmas. I should go ahead and start doing that. I should get in a better place financially. I should go back to school and get my degree. I should finally uh, quit smoking. I should stop drinking. I should, should, should. It's a should storm. This time of year, right? We just should all over the place. And the unfortunate thing about that, all this shoulding that's going around, is that 88% of us will never accomplish what we should do. Like 88% of people who make resolutions of all the things I should do fall off by February. Only 12% of people actually accomplish what they say they should. The rest of us are left Uh, sitting in this pile of should. And so I want to figure out how do we stop shoulding on ourselves in this series. We're starting a brand new series today, just in case you didn't know, called Should Happens. And uh, the truth is it does. And um, what we're going to do over this series is we're going to talk about how to overcome the should in our lives. And I'm excited about this series. It's going to be a fun series. It's a funny series. Uh, I can't wait to preach it. Like today, uh, the title for my sermon is this, I Should On Myself. Next week, the title for the sermon is I Should on Others. The week after that is I Let Others Should on Me. And the fourth week is I Should on God. And this is going to be a great, easy, and I feel like you guys should be laughing a lot more than you are. Maybe you're just like, wait, can we talk about that? I don't know. But this is going to be a fun series for you to invite people to, and we've made it super easy for you to bring people and invite people. When you came in, you received a bunch of invite cards that are on uh, your chair, and it's super simple for you to bring people. Like, just take one of those invite cards, go up to your coworker's desk, drop the card on his desk, and say, hey, shit happens. And that'll start a conversation, and, and then you guys get to talk about, my church is doing this thing, you should really come. You get to shit on them and tell them, you got to come check this out. But, but this is a great series for you to bring people. It's a fun series for you to bring people. And it's going to show people that church can be different than what they thought, right? And in the fourth week of this series, I'm talking about the truth that I should on God. And this is when you should bring the people that you know who have turned their back on God. This is going to be a great week, this fourth week, uh, the fourth week of the series. It's going to be a great week for you to bring the people that you know, your coworkers who have given up on God, who used to believe in God but don't believe in him anymore. For, for, for you to bring the people who um, used to go to church but don't go anymore. For, for you to bring uh, that family member who's, who's an atheist, an agnostic, and they say, there's no way I believe in God. And here's why. And the reason why you should bring them for that week is because I'm going to explain to you and I'm going to explain to them why they believe what they believe. Because it's at some point in their life, they should on God. And we're going to talk through that. And, And my hope is that they'll come to understand that there's a God who loves them and has called them by name. And he actually acts a lot different than they think he should. And so this is a great series for you to bring people. Make sure you're here next week. Don't come alone. Hand out those invite cards. But today... I want to preach from this title, I Should on Myself. And so go ahead and write that down. 
uh, on your note card. You received it when you came in. I should on myself. And make sure you spell it right. Make sure you put the right word in there. Uh, I should on myself. Because I do. I do. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I should on myself. And uh, I, I mean, I'll just, I'll just tell you some of the ways uh, that, that I should on myself. Um, I feel like I should be a better husband, right? Like, I feel like I should love my wife better. I should be more attentive. I should uh, listen to her more. I should put my phone down more and pay attention to her. I feel like uh, I should plan better dates than I do. I feel like I should sweep her off her feet and make it feel like she's in this romantic comedy, right? But, but I don't. And there's times where I fall short, and, and because of that, I, I feel like a, a failure. Um, there's times where I feel like I should be a better dad, right? Like, like I should pay attention to my kids more. I should listen to my kids more. I should stop what I'm doing and, and look at my kids more. I should laugh with my kids more. I should take my kids out more. I should have fun with my kids more. I should discipline my kids more instead of just letting it slide because I'm, I'm tired. And, and, and there, there's times I just, I just feel like I should be a better dad. And, and when I'm not, I, I feel like a failure. I mean, even, even as a pastor of this church, I should on myself. Like, I, I feel like we should have a building by now. And, and it's not that we aren't looking. It's not that we haven't tried. I mean, we've looked at all sorts of different buildings, but, but some just don't fit what we need. They're not big enough. The ceilings aren't high enough. There's not enough parking. It's out of our price range. I just feel like we should have a building by now. We're four years in, and, and, and we don't. And, and I just wonder, what, what do I need to do differently? There's, there's times where... Um, I come in and like I, I, I look at attendance, like I measure attendance, and there's sometimes this great Sunday and it's awesome and it's, and it's great, but then the next week I look and I say, wait, why do we have less people this week than we did last week? I mean, I feel like our church should be growing faster. I feel like our church should be bigger than it is. I feel like we should be reaching more people. And, and so I just look at myself and I say, you know, I, I should be more creative. I should uh, be more inspiring. I should be more motivational. I should be more challenging. I should be less challenging. I should be a better prayer for our people. I should be a better leader. I should be a better preacher. I mean, if I could preach like Stephen Furtick or Carl Lentz or Andy Stanley or T.D. Jakes, then our church would blow up. Then we'd reach a, a lot of people. And so I should be better as a pastor. And sometimes when I, when I sit in this should, I just think maybe I should just go be a barista somewhere. That'd be easier, Right? But this isn't, this isn't a counseling session for me. That's not why you came here. But I want to share the should in my life because I want to ask you about the should in your life. How do you should on yourself? Because here's the deal. You don't care about church attendance. You don't look at that to see if you're successful or not. You don't look at things like that. You, you look at sales. I, I should have had more sales this month than I did. You, you look at, are my kids behaving? I, I should be a better mom than I am and because my kids still don't get this or I've been trying to teach them the alphabet, but they aren't getting it yet and so I must not be a good mom. And so, and so you and I, we, we look at all sorts of different things to measure our success and who we are and, and find our worth and our value and, and because of that, there are times that we, we should all over ourselves. And I wonder, how have you been shooting on yourself? You know, there's, there's two types of ways that we should. Um, there's, there's times where we, we should in public, and there's times that we should in private. And uh, public shoulds are these things where, and, and by the way, as we talk about shoulding on ourselves, we're, we're talking about the expectations that we put on ourselves. 
It's all about, I should be this way. This is what's expected of me, or here's what I feel like I'm supposed to do. And so we, we burden ourselves with all these expectations. And then what happens so many times is we fall short and we feel like a failure. We, we, we try our best. we got to accomplish this. i got to be this way. But when I don't, I, I feel regret and guilt and, and remorse because I should be better than I really am. And, and there's times where we should in public, and there's times where we should in private. Now, the, the public shoulds are, 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 are these things that um, maybe society says, and, and we take them on for ourselves, right? And so society says you should look a certain way. And so because of that, you, you, you take this should on yourself, and you, and you feel like, I, I need to look this way. And you might even talk about it. You might even joke about it with your friends. You say, my waist should be smaller. My breasts should be bigger. My lips should be fuller. My hair should be straighter. My muscles should be massive, but they're not. And so when I look in the mirror, I just feel incomplete. Like, I don't, I don't like what I see. And because of that, I can't, I can't have a joy. I can't have this happiness. There's something wrong with me. See, these are public shoulds. There's, there's, there's this public should that, that, that maybe you adopted when you were growing up, and it was that you should get married, and, and you should have kids. I mean, if you want to live the best life ever, you got to get married, and you got to have kids. But the problem is you're single. It's not a problem, but you see it that way. And you look, and you say, what's wrong with me? I should be married, but I'm not even with anybody right now. And, and, and because you've adopted that should as your own, you can't find joy in your singleness. You, you, you can't figure out how to be happy because I should be with somebody. I should have a family right now and I don't. What's wrong with me? And see, these are, these are public shoulds. These are the things society says and the things that we, that we talk about and we voice. And these shoulds are pretty heavy. But I think even heavier than public shoulds are private shoulds. These, these are the shoulds that we never really talk about. These are the shoulds that we do, but we don't say anything about them, right? This is, this is the should that you have where you're like, I should be the first one to work and the last one to leave. Because if I'm not here showing people how hard I'm working, they might think I'm a slacker. And so that should drives your life. It's just, it's just trapped inside of you, and, and, and you can't let go of it. The, these, these private shoulds are the ones where... We say, you know, I, I should uh, be a better parent, and I should make sure that my kids are the most well-behaved kids in the world, because if not, people will think I'm a bad parent. And so that's my identity, and that's what I, I shape my life around. Uh, we, we have all these private shoulds. I should be richer than I am. I should be at a better place in my career than I am right now. I should be driving something better than I'm driving right now. I should have a home that looks like the after on Fixer Upper, and it's always immaculate for anyone to come over. And we allow these shoulds to control our lives. And I don't know about you. I don't know how you feel after you should on yourself, but I feel horrible. I, I feel guilt. I feel this, this sense of frustration. Like, why am I still dealing with this? Why am I still shooting on myself? Like, I should be past this by now. And then what happens is I shoot on myself for shooting on myself. I should be past this by now. I shouldn't be dealing with this anymore. Why is this still an issue? Why is that so important to me? And it's just this big should storm I find myself in, and it just 
never stops. But I want to help us today break free from the cycle of should. I want to help us discover a solution for the should. And here's, here's the solution. Grace. How do we stop shoulding on ourselves? Grace. Now, grace is the opposite of what you deserve. Right? Grace is the opposite of what I deserve. And so when I should on myself, I have all these expectations. These are things that I should do. This is how I should be. This is how I should operate. But I don't do it. I fall short. I try my best. 88% of people have this list of shoulds that they want to do, and they never do it. But I'm a born-again, baptized believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm claiming Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Except for your New Year's resolution, 88% of us can't even get that. But I should be able to. There it is again. See, when I shit on myself, I feel like a failure. I feel regret. I feel guilt. I feel like, what's wrong with me? And what happens is I, I get to a point where I just quit. What's the point? Why even try? That's why, and I get it why, why, why some of us say this, but I think it's so sad. If I were to ask you today, what's your New Year's resolution? Many of us would say, I don't make resolutions. Why? Because we've tried it and we didn't do it. We, we quit. We, we said I should. We didn't do it. We said, well, I'm not going back to that anymore. And then what happens is we just sit in mediocrity. I'm going to just be the same person I've been last year. And so what happens is we've experienced the failure of should, and we beat ourselves up over it. We feel this guilt, this regret, this remorse, and I can't believe in why. But here's what grace does. Grace is the opposite of what you deserve. It's getting the opposite of what you deserve. Grace comes in and says, hey, you didn't do it, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah, you messed up, but there's forgiveness yeah, yeah, you, 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 you failed miserably, but you get a second chance. You can do it again. Yeah, yeah, I understand you're not where you thought you wanted to be. You, you're not where you feel like you should be, but that, that's not your identity. That doesn't define who you are. Grace comes in and says there's forgiveness, there's hope, there's a second chance. You don't have to live this shitty life anymore. It gives us a new way, an alternative. Here's, here's how Jesus, the, uh, the bringer of grace, explained it. It's found in Matthew chapter 11. He said this, are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See, it's in Jesus that we find grace. The way that we overcome living a should-filled life is in Jesus. When Jesus comes along, he says, I will show you how to live in grace, not in should. And when we accept Christ and follow him, what we can do is we can stop running this race 
quit the chase and rest in grace. Because when I have a list of all the things I should do, it really feels that way, that I'm, I'm running this race chasing things that are unattainable. Like, I should be this way. I should, I should, and I'm chasing after it, and I never quite catch it. And when I don't catch it, I feel like a failure. But Jesus comes along. He says, follow me, and I'll show you grace. And when you live in the unforced rhythms of grace, oh, that's when you stop shooting on yourself. And so that's the solution right there. Follow Jesus. See you guys next week. No, but it's not that easy, right? It's not that easy. Because for so many of us, we'd say, wait, but I believe in Jesus. I've accepted Jesus. I sing to Jesus. I come to church. I read the words of Jesus, and I still shit on myself. So what gives? Well, there's a difference. There's, there's a difference here. See, Jesus said this. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Here's why. Here's why so many of us, even though we know Jesus, still should on ourselves. It's because there's a difference between believing in Jesus, knowing Jesus, even accepting Jesus, singing to Jesus, coming to church. There's a difference between all that and following Jesus. See, many of us have come to a point where we've said, I've accepted Jesus. I believe that he died for me on the cross, that he rose again from the dead. I believe in Jesus. But there's a disconnect between believing in him and following him. Jesus didn't say, believe in me, and you'll learn the unforced rhythms of grace. He said, walk with me, work with me, follow me, and you will learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And the question that I want to ask you this morning is, are you following Jesus? Not just are you a believer in Jesus, but are you following Jesus? And, and I want to give you a quick litmus test just so you can see if you're following him or not. And, um, and this goes beyond all the ways that we should on ourselves. This, this, this really digs deep into every area of our life. And so I just want to ask you a few questions. Um, when, you, when you look at your attitude... Does your attitude look like you're following Jesus? Are you, are you focused on, on the positive or the negative? Are you focused on, on um, the, the, the pessimism of life or the optimism? Like, like, where's your attitude? Where's your focus? Are you following Jesus in your attitude? Are you following Jesus in your outlook of the future? Are you following Jesus in your purity? Are you following Jesus in your language? Are you following Jesus in your priorities? Are you following Jesus in your, in your values and your morals? See, you, you can tell if you're following Jesus just by looking at your life and saying, this area of my life, does it line up with Jesus? Does it line up with what Jesus says? Because when I follow someone, I'm behind them. I'm in line with them. And so do my values line up with Jesus' values? Or, 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 or. I am a Christian. Of course I believe in God. I go to church. Man, I sing to God. I read God's word. But there's these areas in your life, and there's a disconnect between what you're saying and what you're doing. J Jesus said, walk with me. Work with me. When we follow Jesus, that's when we begin to live in grace. 
It's not just about believing, but it's believing to the point where we say, because I believe, I want to follow him. One of the things I say all the time, and, and, and I think we miss it, and I, and I say it over and over again because I want to make sure that it's center in our life, is that when you come to accept Christ, you accept him as the savior of your soul and the leader of your life. When we accept Jesus as the leader of our life, we say, Jesus, what you say goes. It doesn't matter what I grew up believing. It doesn't matter what society says. It doesn't matter what my grandma taught me. It doesn't matter what the church says. What you say in your word is how I'm going to live my life. And I'm going to align my life behind you. Because when I walk with you, when I work with you, when I follow you, I learn the unforced rhythms of grace and I stop shooting all over the place. I can quit the race, stop the chase, and rest in grace. But even then, man, we, we go back to this over and over and over again. But I want to let you know, you are not the only one who shoulds on yourself. You're not. Actually, 2,000 years ago, there were some people who needed to be taught this as well because they kept shooting on themselves. It, 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 it's found in the, in the book of Galatians. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open up to Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. Uh, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. Now, here's what happens. Uh, there's this guy named Paul, and uh, he starts churches all over the known world at that time. Uh, he, he writes to these churches in letters, and we actually have some of the letters that he wrote, and we have them in our Bible, and uh, these are all the different uh, books of the New Testament, some of them things like Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. This is Paul writing to churches in these areas, and so Paul writes this letter uh, called Galatians to the Christians in Galatia. And they have this problem of shooting on themselves. And Paul addresses that in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. He says this, I am shocked that you're turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You're following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Now, Paul is writing to the church in Galatia, and he says, I am shocked, I am amazed, I am appalled that you are turning away from the Christ that you believe in. Now, to be clear, the, these Christians weren't saying, okay, we believe in Jesus, but now we don't believe in Jesus anymore, and we're not Christians anymore. No, 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 no. They still believe in Jesus. They've still accepted Jesus, but what they're turning away from is how they follow Jesus, and Paul's like, I, I am amazed that you would accept Jesus based on the grace that he's given you. Because the truth is, God loves you for who you are and not as you should be. Because none of us are as we should be. And you've accepted that message that God loves you. Jesus died for you. He rose again from the dead. You've accepted that grace. But you're turning away from it and living differently. And we do this all the time. Yes, I believe in Jesus. But I feel like I should do these things for God to love me. I feel like in order for me to be on God's good side, I should do this, 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 and this. And what happens is we live by this list of rules and regulations, and this is what Paul is addressing to them. I I'm amazed. I'm shocked that you're turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You're following a different way. 
God's not about the should way. He's about the good way. And you're turning away from that to go somewhere else, following some other news that pretends to be good news, but it's not good news at all. He said, you're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. And then in Galatians chapter 2, verse 4, he said this, this matter arose, the reason why we're in this situation is because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. And so here's what's happened. In the church of Galatia, there were some people who started going to church, and, and they looked around at this grace-filled place, this place where people like loved people and accepted people no matter what. They were like, we love you. We care about you. This is great. We found grace in Jesus. Some people came into the church, and they were like, hold on, y'all don't do this? Wait, y'all do that? Wait, you should be doing this. You do know that God said that we should be, and if you want to be good with God, then you got to start doing this. And what these people did was they came in and they took these rules and regulations and they burdened the church with them. And they said, in order for you to be good with God, here's what you should do. And what this is is religion. Religion is a list of rules and regulations. If you want to be in good with God, then you got to say this many Hail Marys. Then you got to pray the rosary this many times. If you want to be forgiven of your sins, then you got to do good to other people. Here's all the things that you should do. And if you do those things, then you'll be good with God. And what happens is the church in Galatia start believing it. They're like, oh yeah, I guess we should. And then they start looking, okay, yeah, Jesus saved me from my sins, but in order for me to be good with God, i got to do these things. Here's my list of should. And the people of Galatia they just begin to shit all over the place. And Paul says, no, 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 no. That is not the good news I brought you. I brought you good news that God loves you no matter what. And then he explained this. He said, I, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. Listen, this, this thing I've brought you is not from people, it's from God. If, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. Paul explains here that this gospel we believe, that God loves you, he forgives you of your sins, is not something people made up. Because that's not how we think. That's not the way that we go about things. Like if a person made up a religion, it would look like Judaism. It would look like Islam. It would look like Hinduism. It would look like Buddhism. The one thing that separates Christianity from everything else is grace. Every world religion says that in order for you to be good with God, here's a list of should. You should do this. You should do this. You should do that. And if you do these things, you'll be good with God. Christianity comes onto the scene and says, wait, 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 you should do what? No. You don't have to do anything. Because God loves you based on not what you've done, but based on what he's done. God loves you not because of your goodness, but because of his goodness. And all you have to do is accept the love that he freely gives you. And if you ever wonder, does God love me? All you got to do is look at the cross. Where God so loved the world, God so loved you and you and you and you, that he sent his one and only son to be a sacrifice for us.
And all we have to do is accept that. Like no person would ever come up with that. Why? Because we live this life of should. We just, it's just like innate in us. Like this thing, it just comes out of us. And it's like, I, I feel like in order for me to be good with the divine, I have to do something. But God comes along and says, no, no, no. Let me tell you how it really is. All you have to do is accept me. Because I love you for who you are and not as you should be. Because none of you are as you should be. And this is the great news of God. And if we're going to stop shooting on ourselves, it means we have to accept this. I mean, really accept it. Like, do you believe, do you believe, do you believe that God loves you here and now, in this moment, as you are? Not for who you could be one day. Not if I got rid of this stuff in my life and I cleaned this up. Do you believe that God loves you here in this moment as you are? When that becomes a reality for you, I am loved by God for who I am and not as I should be. That's when everything changes for you. Paul says to the people of Galatia, dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. Like people didn't come up with this. But this is from God, that you're loved by his grace. And before that, I, I read this. He said, I'm, listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. You know, one of the reasons why we should on ourselves is because we're trying to win the approval of people. Like, I do this because what would they think about me if I didn't? Like, I should do this because, Paul says, I'm not trying to win the approval of people. Now, now, now listen, it, it's not wrong to to want to please people. I mean, it, 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 like, like, you shouldn't say, well, fine, I'll just be a jerk, and I don't care what people think. No, that's, that's not good. Because some people say that. I'm just telling it like it is. I don't care. And those people don't have any friends. So don't do that. But he says, I'm not trying to please people. I'm not living for this audience of the masses. I'm living for an audience of one. And I want to please God. I want to do what he's called me to do. And because of that, it frees me up from the expectations people place on me. It frees me up from living this life of should because I'm trying to please God first and foremost. And sometimes when I do what God's called me to do, people won't like it because it challenges them. It makes them feel uncomfortable. Really, it's because they look at my life and they see that my life is so much different than theirs and they don't want to face the should in their own life. So Paul said, I'm not trying to please people. I'm trying to please God. Because the good news is that God loves you for who you are, not as you should be. And we see that. We see that. We see that. We see that. In Romans 5.8. He said, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. This is just the epitome of grace. That while we were still sinners... Jesus died for us. Sometimes I talk with people about uh, making a decision to accept Christ. And they say, well, you know, I feel like I should get rid of this first. Or I feel like I should forgive these people first. Or I feel like I should do this. I've, really what they're saying is I feel like I should clean up my life a little bit because I don't feel worthy enough to come to God. But what Paul writes here in Romans 5.8 is God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While, we, while you were heaped in a pile of should, God died for you. 
And he doesn't say, you got to get your act together in order for you to come to me. Because if you could get your act together, you wouldn't need Jesus. And so Jesus comes and he dies for us. He forgives us of our sins. He gives us new life. Because of grace, we get the opposite of what we deserve. And I wonder if there's anything holding you back today. You've said, you know, I'd love to, you know, I believe Jesus died for me. I want to follow him, but there's this thing in my life. That's why you need Jesus. And I wonder if you've been putting off the decision to accept Christ and be baptized into him because you feel like you should be better than you are. Listen, the truth is God knows just how bad you are and he still loves you anyway. God sees your faults, failures, and flaws and he accepts you anyway. God expects more failure than you expect from yourself, and he still loves you. And so I wonder, have you, have you ever made the decision to accept Christ, to say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me on the cross, that you rose again from the dead, and I want to follow you. I want to follow you by being baptized into you, and I want to live my life for you. If you've never made the decision to be baptized into Christ, I want to give you that opportunity today. When you came in, you got a note card, and at the bottom of that note card is a connect card, this perforated section. At the bottom of that, there's a box that says, I want to accept Christ as my Savior and be baptized. If you've never made the decision, would you mark that box, drop it off at the black tables? we got some people there who would love to talk to you about that decision. But for those of you who have believed in Christ, who have been baptized into him, the question I want to ask you is, are you following him? Or have you abandoned the grace he's given you and picked up? A life full of should. Because you and I, we have two options when it comes to how we live. We can live the should life or the good life. We can live the way the world says you should. Or we can live the way God says this is what's good. And I want to take a moment real quick just to expand on the good life. Because we're all familiar with the should life. But, but, but here's the, the, the good life. Paul says this in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. And he's explaining to the people of the Galatian church, here's the life God has called you to. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. You've abandoned the faith you accepted, the faith of grace, and you've gone this way, living this should life. But I want you to come back, and I want you to stand firm then. And don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Paul said, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. He set you free so you can be free and not be burdened by a load of should. He, says, Yo, he said, don't be yoked to slavery anymore, the, the, the slavery of sin anymore. Now a yoke, when he talks about this, a yoke is this instrument that farmers use uh, to put on oxen. And so they would tie two oxen together using a yoke. And what a yoke does is it helps them plow a field together. So they walk together as one. And the truth in life is this. You and I are going to be yoked to something. We're either going to be yoked to the slavery of sin. We're going to be yoked to this list of shoulds. Or remember what Jesus said when I first started talking. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. He said, come to me. All who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And so we have the choice today. Even if you're a Christian, even if you've accepted Jesus, you have a choice to make today. Will you be burdened by a yoke 
of slavery to sin? Or will you be yoked to Jesus, walking with him, working with him, following him and learning the unforced rhythms of grace? It's up to you. If you want to stop shooting on yourself, the only way to do it is by following Jesus because he leads you to the good life. Now, if you're like me, you, you're probably thinking this, because um, as I was thinking through this, we, we need to stop shooting on ourselves and, and things like that. There's some good shoulds, though, right? Like, there's times where we have bad shoulds and good shoulds, and there are some things that we should do. I mean, I, I should be a great husband, right? I, I should love my wife. I should be faithful to her. I should be a great dad. Uh, I, I should be a hard worker. I, I mean, there's good shoulds. And so what about all that? What I'm saying is not abandon your drive and desire to become better. What I'm saying is to change your motivation. And when you change the motivation, everything changes. When I approach all the things that I ought to do with a should and I don't accomplish it, I feel guilty, I feel this burden, I feel like a failure, I feel like I'm just not good enough, and my identity gets wrapped up into the wrong thing, that's when my motivation is I should. When you should, it's from a place of guilt. It's changing your motivation. And so let me tell you why I do what I do. Let me tell you my motivation and why I operate the way that I operate. It's not because I should, but it's because I follow Jesus. I do what I do, and I operate the way I operate, not because I should, but because I follow Jesus. And Jesus inspires me to become better. Jesus motivates me to become the person I want to become. The motivation changes when it moves from should to I want to. And there's a subtle difference there, but it makes all the difference in the world. See, again, Jesus said, get away with me. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. I won't shit on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's the life I want to live. A life that's free and light. And the only way I can find that is in following Jesus. And so the reason why I follow Jesus is because he's going to lead me to the good life. The reason why I follow Jesus is because he's going to lead me to the life that I long to live. And so because of that, I want to be the kind of person who can say, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow my example as I followed the example of Christ. I want to be the kind of person where I can say, look at my life. Not because I'm so awesome, not because I'm so great, but because I'm following Jesus. And Jesus is leading me out of the should. Jesus is leading me to life abundantly. And the reason why I follow Jesus is not because I should. I follow Jesus because he died for me. The reason why I follow Jesus is not because I should. I follow Jesus because he forgave me. 
and gave me a second chance. The reason I follow Jesus is not because I should. I follow Jesus because he rose again from the dead. And what I find is that when I follow Jesus, I love my wife not because I should, but because Jesus first loved me. And he's teaching me to love her. And I want to love her now because I'm following him. What I, what I find is that when I'm following Jesus, the reason why I serve is not because I should, but I serve because Jesus first served me. When I follow Jesus, the things I do, I love people not because I should, but because Jesus first loved me. As I follow Jesus, I want to follow what he said, love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, strength. And that's why I work out. That's why I try and eat right. Not because I should, but because I want to love God with all my strength. The reason why I do what I do is not because I should, but because I follow Jesus and he inspires me to want to. The reason why I tell the truth, even though nobody would know otherwise, is not because I should, but because I want to. Because as I'm following Jesus, he reminds me that my integrity matters. And I want to be a person of integrity. Not because I should, but because I want to. Because I'm following Jesus. Yeah, pursue your goals. Do all the things you dream, all the things you long to, all the things you want to, but not because you should, but because you are following Jesus. And Jesus inspires you to be more like him which is way better than you. Would you take a moment to pray with me? God, I want to thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. So many of us have these expectations we've placed on ourselves. And so often we come up short but God, would you move us from a place of just believing in you to following you so that when we should on ourselves, we can give ourselves grace because you've given us grace. Would you help us to forgive ourselves because you've forgiven us? Would you give us the strength to get back up and try again? Not, not because we should, but because we're following you. you're cheering us on. God, I pray that for so many of us who are living in guilt and shame and just feeling like we don't measure up, that we're not good enough, would you help us give ourselves grace so we stop shooting on ourselves and we follow you because you'll lead us to life, the life we've always longed to live in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray you were inspired and encouraged by today's message. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, sign up to serve on a team, join a group, or just find out more information on The Rising, visit us at wearetherising.com.